Chapter Seven of the Book of Snobs. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Deborah Lynn. The Book of Snobs by William Makepeace Thackeray. Chapter Seven On Some Respectable Snobs. Look at the next house to Lady Susan Scraper's. The first mansion with the awning over the door. That canopy will be let down this evening for the comfort of the friends of Sir Alured and Lady S. de Moggins, whose parties are so much admired by the public and the givers themselves. Peach-coloured liveries laced with silver, and pea-green plush inexpressibles render the de Moggins flunkies the pride of the ring when they appear in Hyde Park, where Lady de Moggins, as she sits upon her satin cushions, with her dwarf spaniel in her arms, bows to the very selectest of the genteel. Times are altered now with Mary Ann, or, as she calls herself, Marian de Moggins. She was the daughter of Captain Flack of the Rathdrum Fencibles, who crossed with his regiment over from Ireland to Carmarthenshire ever so many years ago, and defended Wales from the Corsican invader. The Rathdrums were quartered at Pontwildum, where Marian wooed and won her de Moggins, a young banker in the place. His attentions to Miss Flack at a race-ball were such that her father said de Moggins must either die on the field of honour or become his son-in-law. He preferred marriage. His name was Muggins, then, and his father, a flourishing banker, army contractor, smuggler, and general jobber, almost disinherited him on account of this connection. There is a story that Muggins the Elder was made a baronet for having lent money to a R-Y-L, P-RS-N-GE. I do not believe it. The R-Y-L family always paid their debts from the Prince of Wales downwards. Howbeit, to his life's end, he remained simple Sir Thomas Muggins, representing Pontwildum in Parliament for many years after the war. The old banker died in course of time, and to use the affectionate phrase common on such occasions, cut up prodigiously well. His son Alfred Smith Moggins succeeded to the main portion of his wealth, and to his titles and the bloody hand of his scutcheon. It was not for many years after that he appeared as Sir Alured Moggins Smith de Moggins, with a genealogy found out for him by the editor of Fluke's Peerage, and which appears as follows in that work. De Moggins, Sir Alured Moggins Smith, second baronet. This gentleman is a representative of one of the most ancient families of Wales, who trace their descent until it is lost in the mists of antiquity. A genealogical tree, beginning with Shem, is in the possession of the family, and is stated by a legend of many thousand years' date to have been drawn on papyrus by a grandson of the patriarch himself. Be this as it may, there can be no doubt of the immense antiquity of the race of Moggins. In the time of Boadicea, Hagenmagen of the Hundred Beeves was a suitor and a rival of Caractacus for the hand of that princess. He was a person gigantic in stature, and was splain by Suetonius in the battle which terminated the liberties of Britain. From him descended directly the princes of Pontwildum, Magen of the Golden Harp, see the Mabinogian of Lady Charlotte Guest, Bagen Meridaka Magen, the black fiend son of Magen, and a long list of bards and warriors celebrated both in Wales and Armorica. The independent princes of Magen long held out against the ruthless kings of England, 
until finally Gammoggins made his submission to Prince Henry, son of Henry the Fourth, and under the name of Sir David Gam de Moggins was distinguished at the Battle of Agincourt. From him the present baronet is descended, and here the descent follows in order until it comes to Thomas Muggins, first baronet of Pontoldum Castle, for twenty-three years member of Parliament for that borough, who had issue Alured Moggins Smith, the present baronet, who married Marion, daughter of the late General P. Flack of Ballyflack, in the kingdom of Ireland, of the Count's Flack of the H.R. Empire. Sir Alured has issue, Alured Caradoc, born 1819, Marion, 1811, Blanche Adeliza, Emily Doria, Adelaide O'Bliens, Katinka Rostopchin, Patrick Flack, died 1809. Arms, Amolian Garbled, Jewels on a Saltire Reversed of the Second, Crest, a tomtit rampant regardant. Motto, Unroy Unmoggins. It was long before Lady de Moggins shone as a star in the fashionable world. At first, poor Muggins was in the hands of the Flax, the Clancy's, the Tools, the Shanahan's, his wife's Irish relations. And whilst he was yet but heir apparent, his house overflowed with claret and the national nectar, for the benefit of Hibernian relatives. Tom Tufto absolutely left the street in which they lived in London, because he said it was infected with such a confounded smell of whiskey from the house of those Irish people. It was abroad that they learned to be genteel. They pushed into all foreign courts, and elbowed their way into the halls of ambassadors. They pounced upon the stray nobility, and seized young lords travelling with their bear-leaders. They gave parties at Naples, Rome, and Paris— they got a royal prince to attend their soirees at the latter place, and it was here that they first appeared under the name of de Moggins, which they bear with such splendour to this day. All sorts of stories are told of the desperate efforts made by the indomitable Lady de Moggins to gain the place she now occupies, and those of my beloved readers who live in middle life and are unacquainted with the frantic struggles, the wicked feuds, the intrigues, cabals, and disappointments which, as I am given to understand, reign in the fashionable world, may bless their stars that they at least are not fashionable snobs. The intrigues set afoot by the Demogans to get the Duchess of Buckskin to her parties would strike a talleyrand with admiration. She had a brain fever after being disappointed of an invitation to Lady Aldermanbury's The Descent, and would have committed suicide but for a ball at Windsor. I have the following story from my noble friend Lady Clapperclaw herself, Lady Kathleen O'Shaughnessy that was, and daughter of the Earl of Turf and Thunder. When that odious disguised Irish woman, Lady Muggins, was struggling to take her place in the world, and was bringing out her hideous daughter Blanche, said old Lady Clapperclaw, Marion has a hump back and doesn't show, but she's the only lady in the family. When that wretched Polly Muggins was bringing out Blanche with her radish of a nose and her carrot of ringlets and her turnip for a face, she was most anxious, as her father had been a cowboy on my father's land, to be patronized by us, and asked me point-blank in the midst of a silence at Count Volavent's, the French ambassador's dinner, why I had not sent her a card for my ball. "'Because my rooms are already too full, and your ladyship would be crowded inconveniently,' says I. Indeed, she takes up as much room as an elephant. Besides, I wouldn't have her, and that was flat. 
I thought my answer was a settler to her, but the next day she comes weeping to my arms. Dear Lady Clapperclaw, says she, it's not for me. I ask it for my blessed Blanche, a young creature in her first season and not at your ball. My tender child will pine and die of vexation. I don't want to come. I will stay at home to nurse Sir Alured in the gout. Mrs. Bolster is going, I know. She will be Blanche's chaperone. "'You wouldn't subscribe for the Rathdrum Blanket and Potato Fund, "'you who come out of the parish,' says I, "'and whose grandfather, honest man, kept cows there. "'Will twenty guineas be enough, dearest Lady Clapperclaw?' Twenty guineas is sufficient,' says I, and she paid them. "'So I said Blanche may come, but not you, mind.' "'And she left me with a world of thanks. "'Would you believe it? "'When my ball came, the horrid woman made her appearance with her daughter.' "'Didn't I tell you not to come?' said I, in a mighty passion. "'What would the world have said?' cries my Lady Muggins. "'My carriage is gone for Sir Alured to the club. "'Let me stay only ten minutes, dearest Lady Clapperclaw.' "'Well, as you are here, madam, you may stay and get your supper,' I answered, "'and so left her, and never spoke a word more to her all night. "'And now,' screamed out old Lady Clapperclaw, clapping her hands, "'and speaking with more brogue than ever,' "'What do you think, after all my kindness to her, "'the wicked, vulgar, odious, impudent upstart "'of his cowboy's granddaughter has done? "'She cut me up yesterday in High Park "'and hasn't sent me a ticket for her ball tonight, "'though they say Prince George is to be there.' "'Yes, such is the fact. "'In the race of fashion, the resolute and active Demoggins "'has passed the poor old clapper-claw. "'Her progress in gentility may be traced "'by the sets of friends whom she has courted "'and made and cut and left behind her.' She has struggled so gallantly for polite reputation that she has won it, pitilessly kicking down the ladder as she advanced degree by degree. Irish relations were first sacrificed. She made her father dine in the steward's room, to his perfect contentment, and would send Sir Alured thither likewise, but that he is a peg on which she hopes to hang her future honours, and is, after all, paymaster of her daughter's fortunes. He is meek and content. He has been so long a gentleman that he is used to it, and acts the part of governor very well. In the daytime he goes from the Union to Arthur's, and from Arthur's to the Union. He is a dead hand at piquet, and loses a very comfortable maintenance to some young fellows at whist at the Travellers. His son has taken his father's seat in Parliament, and has, of course, joined young England. He is the only man in the country who believes in the Demogginses, and sighs for the days when a Demoggins led the van of battle. He has written a little volume of spoony-puny poems. He wears a lock of the hair of Laud, the confessor and martyr, and fainted when he kissed the Pope's toe at Rome. He sleeps in white kid gloves, and commits dangerous excesses upon green tea. End of chapter 7